Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply play and react and go so uh, we'll spend a little bit of time uh, on our next two opponents we'll treat Atlanta like a game week in terms of schedule but it's not like we're going to be doing everything in our power to game plan like crazy but just want the guys to get uh, acclimated back to that regular season schedule let's welcome in Jeff Phelps from 92.3 the fan as well as uh, Bally Sports uh, Browns pre halftime and post game uh, Jeff, um, the way they've uh, approached things seems very methodical, so it doesn't really surprise me um, what Kevin Stefanski is talking about as far as the preseason games go. Everything Kevin says is calculated, Dave. It's straight down the middle. It's exactly the way you want it. I like the consistency. I like the continuity. I can't imagine anything but, you know, the guy The guy sounds the same Win, lose, practice, scrimmage, whatever. And I like that. I like the consistency factor uh, with the head coach. So I'm sure the preseason will be very, very straightforward. It's his first as head coach in the NFL. And I don't think we'll see any surprises. Yeah, and you know what? He sounds like a veteran head coach is supposed to sound, even though it's only his second <laughs> year as head coach. Go figure. All right, some some news and notes from uh, training camp today. Some good news. Anthony Walker, linebacker, back on the field um, after that knee issue a little bit uh, last week, a week before. Um, not practicing today. Miles Garrett, minor hamstring issue. Also not practicing Denzel Ward. And um, midway through practice, Marvin Wilson helped off the field by trainers. So a reason for concern, that's a guy that um, an undrafted free agent that the Browns paid a lot for because they liked what they saw. Um, You certainly hope he's okay. But good news in getting Anthony Walker back on the field without question. You want him back out there. He's calling those defensive signals, you know, so he kind of gives it a, a, a little more continuity adding to this Stefanski thing. But you want him there so that everybody's used to him, he's used to them, and you know that, that'll help get things rolling there. Am, am I the only person concerned about Miles Garrett and a mild hamstring? No, you know. Hamstrings, uh, hamstrings and pass rushers don't get along. Well, and, and there's a lot of them, you know. The, the thing is, is Harrison, uh, not Harrison Bryant, but Ronnie Harrison has a hamstring issue. There have been a number of the defensive backs Delpit with a hamstring issue. So those are concerns, and and that might be a, because you didn't have training camp a season ago. You, you know, you didn't have the wear and tear of, of getting ready for the season. Those things are always mild, Dave. You always hear <laughs> mild hamstring strain, no big deal, until it keeps them out for about a month because they don't want to push it. So pay attention to this. 
I'm sure we won't see Miles Garrett in preseason game number one. We shouldn't. We, we might not need to see him in the preseason at all. In fact, I don't think you do. But I, I'm always concerned when I hear hamstring because these guys are so put together and the hamstring is the one muscle that always seems to flare up a little bit. So I, I, I'm always concerned about those things. Yeah, you know, the, the other thing is, is this, um, this coaching staff and this training staff does seem to understand it. You know, it isn't the 80s and 90s where, oh, your hamstring uh, feels a little bad. Let's get out and run on it a little extra. They they seem to go, <laughs> they seem to go overboard in in taking care of the players. Hey, what are you grabbing back there? <laughs> What's that thing that's hurting now? Why why are you limping? Yeah, they're they're above and beyond. But Dave, that that's good. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's you can't mess with Miles Garrett here. So if he's feeling anything in his hamstring, just sit him down. Yeah, and that's all you're looking for. Have them ready to go against Kansas City on the 12th. Yep, agree wholeheartedly. All right, so uh, Greg Newsom, um, first-round pick, fighting for a starting spot. Uh, he's looking forward to uh, seeing some other colored jerseys. Uh, take a listen to Greg Newsom today. Definitely anxious to start playing games. Um, you know, just to try to showcase what I can do, showcase some of my talents out there. So definitely ready to go. I mean, just to intercept the pass from anybody or, you know, just to get their first interception in the NFL would be an amazing feeling. Um, just because it's preseason doesn't mean anything. Every game is going to be treated the same for me, at least. Uh, so I'll definitely be ready to go. And Jeff, um, very humble first round pick. Uh, you can see why the veterans would uh, like the way he's approaching things. He's young, you know, and he has a pretty good, pretty good resume already for a kid coming in, Dave. I, I think he'll be starting, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's starting from day one. And if not day one, it won't be long. You know, they, they brought him here to play. And the idea of Greg Newsom across from Denzel Ward, I think, is really appealing. And with, with Greedy Williams' situation, you know, that, the, the nerve in his shoulder was an issue, obviously huge last year trying to get him going and, and see how he progresses here and what he's able to do. I, I hope he's able to go. We'll see. But right now, I would think that Greg Newsom has a great chance to be the starter there. Yeah, and, and you know, the skill set and the athleticism, um, not questioned. They were a little worried about his speed. He, he put those to rest at his pro day pretty quickly um, with one, one run of the 40. So that's always good. Uh, another young guy, uh, Harrison Bryant, tight end draft pick last year, had a really good orange and, and brown uh, practice, as they're calling it now, um, at First Energy Stadium. He is looking forward to take that next step in year two. Um, obviously a lot different, just first off from not having COVID to uh, you know, a lot more open, just being able to bond with the guys. Uh, and then also just having a, you know, somewhat of an understanding of the offense. And just coming out and being able to focus more on, you know, what I'm supposed to do on the play instead of knowing what route to run, just focus on my fundamentals and techniques. And what was the offseason emphasis for you? What were you trying to improve on? Um, for me, it was just every aspect of my game, um, bigger, faster, stronger, um, and, and just improve on everything. you feel like you accomplished some of that? Yeah. Um, I ended up gaining about 13 pounds, so I feel good and, and just, you know, trying to, like I said, take advantage of all my opportunities. 13 pounds, uh, moving around pretty well as as well. So it's it's a nice 
thing for him to do. He wanted to be able to block a little better, put on the weight. Um, I think you're going to see that pay off for Harrison Bryant. Remember, he was the Mackey Award winner in college, uh, a smaller college guy where? Central Florida. Florida, and, I think it was Florida International. Best, yeah, FIU. Florida International, thank you. Yep. As the best pass-catching tight end you know, in, in, in college football. I think he, Dave, could make a big jump this year. And I, I like Austin Hooper, and they paid Austin Hooper a lot of money. And I think Austin does a really nice job. But I think Harrison Bryant could be the guy that, that ends up, if not this year, you know, sooner rather than later, being the main receiving threat there. And, and remember, the the numbers, I don't think for any of these guys, are going to jump off the page. And I, I took a look at the three tight ends that the Browns have with Njoku and Austin Hooper and Bryant. And, and last year combined, they had great numbers for a tight end. They had 89 catches, just under 900 yards, and nine combined touchdowns out of the tight ends. So Kevin Stefanski loves using that tight end. Will one of them be the guy who gets a bunch of stats and leaves the other ones in the dust? I don't think so. You know, I think they're going to split that up a little bit. Because I think Hooper had four touchdowns and it was three for Bryant and two for Nijoku. It was some combination like that. And I those combined numbers I like. But they have to be on board with this system, Dave, and, and make sure that they're all okay with sharing that football, knowing that the receptions are going to be, you know, nobody's going to be Travis Kelsey on this team, at least not the way it's built right now. And I, I think they're okay with that. You know, they seem to be a, a real good unit working together, and they've certainly been a great thing for Baker Mayfield to have. Yeah, you know, no doubt about that. All right, let's have a little fun before we go to break. Um, take a look at uh, John Johnson III. This is from his Instagram. A little basketball in, uh, in the locker room. Let's take a look. Nice. You know, it's, uh, it's training camp. You got to make shift thing. The, the only thing I would say, no Miles Garrett dunking on that basket. <laughs> that was my initial. Miles gave that up, didn't he? Yeah. Well, he, he retired. Really, he did retire. Yeah. These guys, I, I'm I'm glad they're creative. They make a lot of money, man. Somebody couldn't go buy a hoop, <laughs> put it up on the wall, even a big Nerf hoop. Now the thing is, now Kevin Stefanski could tell Look at that, that it was. But if it was a hoop, Coach Stefanski could come by and say, "What are you guys doing?" Now it's just a it's a box. So coach comes by, you take the box down, and you. Just set it down. Nobody knows it's a hoop. Yeah, until he sees that picture. <laughs> then everybody's in trouble. We blew the cover. All right. Yep. All right. We're going to step aside. Take a quick timeout. On the other side of the break, uh, we will hear uh, from one of the ESPN hosts who thinks Baker Mayfield may be the first of Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, or Josh Allen to win a Super Bowl. That's straight ahead on Sports for CLE. Stay with us. Life is getting back on track, and you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, Tri-C can help with tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to tri-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. So, what are you waiting for? Register now for fall classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. 
a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. Continue talking Browns football here on Sports for CLE on Get Up, uh, ESPN show. Mike Greenberg tackled the question, who will win a Super Bowl? Who is more likely to win a Super Bowl this year? Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen. Here's his answer. So here's what I would say as I make my pick. If, if you were just choosing amongst the three quarterbacks, you might take Baker Mayfield last. But I would take his team first. I will take the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield to be the likeliest one to do it. And I, I, I have great respect for the Bills and what they've built and all the talent they have on their team. And obviously the Ravens are really good. But I think if you just look at the names on the backs of the jerseys, I think the Browns might be the most talented team in the entire AFC. And that's inclusive of everyone. I think they take a step forward this year, particularly with the return of Odell. I've got Baker Mayfield and the Browns as the likeliest to win. So, uh, Jeff, uh, Baker Mayfield, Browns, most likely to win um, the Super Bowl this year of those three teams. Uh, I think he makes a valid point about the roster. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, everybody's talking so much about everything else. I thought Buffalo was really good. And I, I think that Baltimore is really good. And I think the Browns are really good. Uh, that's a good way for Mike Greenberg to – fill some time and go out on a limb and say something out there that, okay, that's, I think they have a shot. I think the Bills have a shot. I think the Ravens have a shot. I, I don't know. And Dave, I, I don't know. I can't tell you the Browns have a better shot than the Ravens or the Bills because I, I really think they're all three pretty talented. And as long as Kansas city's there, they all have a, a real uphill battle to get to that Super Bowl. I don't know that Kansas city will, but I, I think it's a great opportunity for the other teams too. Oh, we lost you there for a minute, Jeff. Um, so um, the point being that, um, you know, AFC is tough without question. You have the Chiefs, you have the Titans, and you also uh, have the Browns, the Ravens, and the Bills. So uh, a, a tough, tough uh, road to hoe in the AFC. Well, um, uh, another thing that... Um, we talked about as far as Greg Newsom. Uh, Greg Newsom spoke to the media today. One of the things that he talked about, some of the tricks of the trade um, playing cornerback in the National Football League. 
Um, you know, as DBs, we're never going to think it's a penalty. Um, but, you know, the coaching point is to just play through the ball, look back, and just try to make a play on the ball instead of, you know, um, grabbing them down the, you know, down the stretch or whatever. Just go back and just next play mentality. So I got called for one. Just get ready to play next play. Craig, there's no doubt that you felt like you belonged the first time you walked out here. Is your confidence grown, though, in this camp? For sure. I mean, like you said, going against some of the best receivers uh, in the NFL on this team is just going to grow my confidence every single day. So getting to guard those guys and, you know, just getting feedback from coaches and from other players is, is definitely helping my competition. Have you had a couple of humbling moments, though, where you said, okay, maybe I got more work to do than I thought? Oh, I mean, every single day I'm having a humbling moment. Like you said, we're going against some of the best guys in the world, so... Every single day I'm getting, I get beat sometimes. So uh, definitely all, every moment is humbling for me. And again, uh, Greg Newsom and Jeff, the, the nice thing about that, again, rookie, but not cocky. Talented, pretty humble. That's usually a good combination. Dave, he's playing the position where you better be humble. Because <laughs> as he said, I get beat sometimes. There's, there's no position, I, I think, on the entire football field where you can look like a a goofball more than a corner you know it's you and a receiver and the only other guy i think that can look as silly is a quarterback because it's real clear when you're a corner i'm guarding this guy and he just beat me so i i'm glad he has that attitude and I, i think it'll serve him well because you have to be able to bounce right back from that too so he sounds like he's in the right frame of mind for this thing all right, so uh, earlier we were talking um, about the roster, and you know, there's a, a lot of talented rosters. Browns have definitely upgraded it. When you look at this roster, what position group concerns you? When you look at it, where you go, it's good, but if this group was a little bit better, I'd feel even better about it. Defensive line. I, I, think, I think that's it. I could say linebacker too, uh, but I, I'll, I'll go with defensive line because – I like Andrew Billings and Malik Jackson on the inside, on the, the defensive tackle spots. But I also like Larry Ogunjobi and Sheldon Richardson. I don't know that the Browns actually upgraded there. And Andrew Billings, of course, was here last year, sat out because of COVID. But I, I don't know that they've upgraded at defensive tackle. And that, that's not a knock on Andrew Billings and Malik Jackson as much as it is a compliment to Sheldon Richardson and to Larry Ogunjobi. So I'm a little concerned about that. Depth at defensive end, maybe, maybe. You know, Jadavion Clowney has an injury history. Tack McKinley's not with the team right now. I love Clowney. I, I love that signing. I'm glad he's here. But I, I just hope they have enough depth at the defensive end spots where they'll be okay. But the, the tackle spots concern me a little bit. I think Jordan Elliott could be huge. A guy they brought in in the draft two years ago uh, from Missouri. And I, if he can really step it up this year, and, because, and, and, you know, you, you can't expect a guy to do that in his rookie year every time. So I'm, And he was playing behind two pretty good guys. So I'm looking for him to make that step. And if he can, Dave, I, I think that'll, I think, calm things down a little bit at tackle. Because Malik Jackson's a vet. He knows what he's doing. Andrew Billings is a big guy. He's, he's a young veteran. He knows what he's doing. But I'm just kind of paying attention to that tackle spot. You know, the, the other thing is, is if Clowney can stay healthy, opposite of Miles Garrett. That yeah. that could be a lot of fun a lot of fun to watch, not so much fun to deal with if you're an opposing quarterback. You know, everybody talks about Clowney and 
his injury history a little bit and maybe people's talk about underachieving. Well, the guy's made the Pro Bowl three times. That, that's pretty good. And they say, well, he doesn't get to the quarterback as much as maybe we'd like him to. But he's phenomenal against the run. And if you have Miles Garrett on the other side of you, that's going to free up an opportunity for you to get to the passer as well. So I, if Clowney stays healthy, Dave, I think this is going to be the most, and I seriously mean the best defensive end combination in the NFL. I don't think there's any question about that. But it depends on on the health of both men, but especially, I think, Jadavion Clowney. Jeff Phelps from 92.3 The Fan, uh, as well as Browns pre, post, and halftime. And I'm going to step aside, take a quick time out. Uh, on the other side of the break, we'll hear what Peter King has to say about a potential Baker Mayfield extension. Sports for CLE. He'll be right back. Stay with us. Life is getting back on track, and so is the job market. Be ready with the training you'll need to get a great job. If you or your family has experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, try Seek and Help with tuition assistance. Whether you want to improve your skills, get certified, or train for a new career, go to try-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. Register now for online and on-campus classes. Try-C is where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students kindergarten through 12th grade can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. We continue talking Browns football with 92.3 The Fans. Jeff Phelps uh, also does pre, post, and halftime for the Browns Radio Network. All right. Bleacher Report. Nine players with the most to prove before receiving mega contract extensions. Saquon Barkley, Cortland Sutton, and then Baker Mayfield and Denzel Ward. So that's four of the nine. What do you make of that, Jeff Phelps? Again, we're having a little bit of issues with the audio, so we will uh, get that straightened out. All right, we'll move on. Uh, Peter King, um, Monday morning quarterback, is on the Dan Patrick Show on Peacock, um, says Brown should not necessarily be in a huge rush to get that Baker Mayfield extension done. There's no need to rush, he feels. To me, it's very, very hard to look at the career of Baker Mayfield and say that it has a lot of similarities to uh, Patrick Mahomes. If I were the Browns, I'd wait. It might cost them some money, but do you want to pay a guy and do you want to end up getting Carson Wentz, Uh, you know, and totally getting screwed? 
on your cap and all that stuff. And again, I think the odds are better than 50-50 that he will be the Browns' long-term quarterback. But are you positive? So I think you're better off <clears throat> having to pay whatever the number is, $3 million more per year if you wait than paying Baker Mayfield right now. Because I just think, it, it, looking at his season last year, it ended great, but overall, it was a good to very good season. But are you positive right now that Baker Mayfield is your franchise guy? And uh, Jeff Phelps, when you, when you hear that, there's some valid points, and you never want to get Carson Wentz, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something you can get a shot for in this day and age, doesn't it? It does. I got, I got Carson Wentz, and I, I got the shot, so I'm okay. I, I agree with Peter King completely. And, and I, you, you got to be careful when you say this in Cleveland because somebody will immediately say, well, then you don't like Baker Mayfield and you don't think he's any good. I don't think that's the case at all. Right. I, I can't think of a better quarterback the Browns have had since they returned to the NFL. I think Tim Couch could have been, but he wasn't. There hasn't been anybody since. I think Baker Mayfield is the, the closest thing, if not the thing, to be the franchise quarterback of this football team. But he's been through a bunch of head coaches that's not his fault it's been fun, a bunch of front offices that's not his fault either but i do think you need to see a little bit more consistency and i and i agree with what what peter said it might cost you a little more money but if you go through this season and baker shows you great individual play along with leading a team to wins dave then write the check that that's it yeah. if you see a team that is winning because it's a great team and your quarterback, I won't say is along for the ride, but your quarterback is the dreaded game manager and you end up going to the Super Bowl and winning it, guess, guess what? Still write him the check. But if you wait a little bit, you might get a little better feel for what's going on. You know, I, I, I personally think Josh Allen showed last year finishing, what, second in the MVP voting. All right, he's your guy. There's no question about that. Lamar Jackson's been an MVP. He's your guy. And I think Baker needs to kind of show some of that individual stuff. And it doesn't even need to be numbers and stats. It needs to be, watch how I lead this team and how we dominate as an offense. So I agree with Peter King completely. I would be happy to wait. But here, here's the other thing. I think if I'm Baker Mayfield, I want to wait. <laughs> because if I go and show what I did this year, what I think I can do with this team, Dave, he's going to get a Josh Allen contract. Yep. Let's just say the Browns go ahead and get to the Super Bowl. You're going to pay him, aren't you? Yeah. I am. Yeah. I'm going to pay him. And, and, and you, so that I think it, I think it behooves Baker to wait as well. I do. I do too. And and the other thing is is Baker Mayfield has to be thrilled. He's finally in the same system with the same, you know, the same yeah. personnel for the first time in his NFL career. I, every yeah. time I say that, I kind of chuckle because that's so ridiculous that he's had to go through so many systems and so much upheaval in his career. And hopefully it, you know, I won't say it settles him down because I think that's already happened. And, and I don't know, Dave, if it's, if it's being with Kevin Stefanski or if it's Baker being a married guy or if it's Baker maturing or what, listen to him now compared to when he was a rookie and a second year guy. And he sounds like a more mature guy. He has a, a little better understanding of everything that's going on. 
And I would assume that that's going to translate to the football field as well. I think we saw some of that last year. And I think we'll see more of it this year. I, I thought Baker played very well for the team, especially in the second half of last season. And I think we all need to remember it. It's Kevin Stefanski's line that sticks in my head where he said, we figured it out as a coaching staff and we took it to the next level and Baker was was there and did the job. And Kevin's so right about that. You know, the beginning of the season, that was another new system as you just talked about, Dave. Uh, yet another one. And so with that now not being an issue, I can't wait to see what the guy does this year because I think I think he could be really special this year. Yeah, and and, and you know what? I, I, I think you're right. He's... He's chomping at the bit to get a, a chance to show that. All right, so reports are that uh, the Browns have begun discussions with uh, Denzel Ward on a contract extension. Same, same deal as Baker. Don't have to be in a rush yeah. to do it because he's got that fifth-year extension. So his, his deal isn't up for a couple of years still. Would you try to extend Ward? Do you wait and see what are concerns? Um, as I had mentioned earlier, Mayfield and Ward are two of the nine in the NFL that the Bleacher Report have the most to prove before they get those mega contracts. What does Denzel have to prove? That I think he, that he can, that he can stay, stay healthy. Field. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that, that's it. And if he can stay healthy, Dave, he's a Pro Bowl talent. So if I was the Browns, I would try and I would try and sign him now. And knowing, and if I'm Denzel, and I know I've missed some games and injuries might be an issue, I'd sign now. So I, I think that works out real well, and I wouldn't be surprised if it happens in the next couple of days. I, I'm just, that's just a gut feeling on my part. I would think the Browns want to. I would think Denzel wants to. I would think there's real common ground there from a, a salary structure. So I wouldn't be surprised if that one happens right away. Yeah, and I agree. I, uh, literally, the only thing I think you can question about him is can he take the, the physical pounding and beating that the NFL – requires to play the position that he plays. And, and he knows yeah. that because he tried to bulk. We heard from him earlier this year. He tried to bulk up and put some more weight on to, to be able to take that. So um, doing all the right things. All right, yeah. so we talked a little bit about Miles Garrett and uh, Jadavian Clowney. Harrison Bryant addressed how those two make the tight end group a little bit better every day out at practice. I wouldn't say really any pressure. Um, but every day coming out, knowing you're going to block two of the best uh, defensive ends in the game, um, it's tough. But, uh, you know, we love it in our room just knowing that we're competing against them, getting better daily, and knowing that come Sundays that, um, you know, we're going to be ready to go because we've competed at a high level during practice against two of the best. And, Jeff, it's, you know, the, the old saying is, uh, you know, a team takes on the, the, the personality of his coach, its coach. You're starting to hear that with all of the – upgrades to the rosters everybody's yeah they're making us better because we are practicing and competing can you imagine harrison bryant you know here's a guy who felt he needed to put on 13 pounds and he's lining up against miles garrett in practice hey chip this guy oh wait a minute do more than chip please block him um when when he gets into an actual game he's not going to run up against a guy like miles garrett very often so that that's a huge plus for you know, for the offense there where these guys are learning against some really good talent. So I, I, I think that's nothing but good, Dave. And when you look at the talent on both sides of the ball and you're scrimmaging that type of talent on a daily basis, that, that's how 
that's how you get better. And I, I think that's going to happen with this team. You know, that's, I'll ask you this. We've covered the Browns for a long time. I, we won't reveal quite how long, <laughs> but, but for a long time. This is as good of a roster as I can remember. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. The, the rosters, the only teams that I think rival what we have here now were the teams that I covered when we first started, Dave, and it was, you know, it was Marty Schottenheimer's head coach of the team. Yep, and that's how far back it goes, and and that's to me that's that's it. Other than that, I think this is as good, if not better, than any roster, and and even as good, if not better, than the rosters in the late 1980s. So, yeah, I, I think this team is, I think this team is primed for a really good season, and I. I think a really good season could be, you know, throw whatever win total you want in there and you make the playoffs. And then after that, you see what happens. You know, I, I, I've always thought, make the playoffs and then give it a shot. And if you get hot at the right time, if you're healthy at the right time, you've got a great opportunity, but you have to get to the playoffs. And if you do that with 10 wins, fine. If you do that with 14 wins, great, even better because, you know, you get some home games. but. Once you're in, you got to be healthy and ready to go. And and the key is just getting in. And after that, it really doesn't matter very much. Jeff Phelps and I are going to step aside, take a quick timeout. On the other side of the break, Emmanuel Acho, national guy, says he truly believes that Baker Mayfield doesn't give a damn about his contract extension. He'll explain why. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. Continue talking Browns football here on Sports for CLE. Emmanuel Acho, uh, FS1, speak for yourself, said he truly believes Baker Mayfield when he says he doesn't give a damn about his contract extension. Here's his rationale. Let's think about who Baker Mayfield is. He's not like you. He's not like me. He's not like the majority of those that play the game of football. Baker Mayfield did not care that he had no scholarship offer. He just went to Texas Tech. Baker Mayfield did not care that he did not have the starting job. He just went to Oklahoma. Baker Mayfield did not care about an individual accolade. He just won the Heisman. And then finally, he obviously did care about being the number one overall pick. Baker Mayfield has lived a life of not verbally caring because he simply lets his work and his actions do the talking. So why would Baker change now? Why would Baker now choose this opportunity to care Mm. about his contract when he's never cared about the results? He cares about the process and watches the results take care of themselves. So I don't think Baker is concerned about a contract extension. (laughs) Because if you focus on the outcome, you forget the process and you never see the outcome that you want. 
Let's bring back in Jeff Phelps. And Jeff um, explained pretty nicely, and um, I, I like the thought process and how he arrived at that. I think Baker cares about tens of millions of dollars. <laughs> he knows he's Baker getting it, though. He's getting it. If, if he doesn't care about tens of millions of dollars, he needs to be checked out by someone who cares about his health. <laughs> he's getting Come money, on, man. He's getting hey, the money. Okay, he's going to get. He's going to get paid. I'm sorry, you care about your contract. If you don't, okay. I know you. You win football games, and that takes care of your contract. I get that. I'm sorry, man. There's tens of millions of dollars <laughs> on the line. You better care. And I'm sure he does. Probably, but he said all the right things. Prob- and, and he said it well. So I give Baker credit for that. It's probably hundreds of millions of dollars, not just tens. We're, we're shortchanging him. I was him thinking per year. <laughs> <laughs> we're shortchanging him there. All right. We'll move on. I guess we are. <laughs> three, um, Doug Pondaley, three Browns losing, their, uh, losing leverage on their roster spot. So... Um, We've got defensive end Curtis Weaver, wide receiver Richard Higgins, and linebacker Sione Takitaki. Um, it's an interesting group. Like losing a job, or well, just maybe losing. They, they had spot. more. In yeah, other they, words, they they had more of an upper hand. They're moving towards the bubble of the roster. Uh, I don't I don't buy that with Weaver because I think you need the depth at defensive end. I really don't buy that with Higgins. And I know Donovan Peoples-Jones is, you know, the the soup du jour. Well, I, and for good reason. I think he's going to be really good. But I think Hollywood Higgins is a pretty good NFL wide receiver. He's going to be on this team. And if he's not your third receiver, he's your fourth. And he's going to be involved in things. So I don't know about losing your your position there. Um, what about Taki Taki? Is that a guy that you think is, is slipping to the bubble? Maybe. <laughs> yeah and you know Dave when, when we were talking before about the positions that you're maybe concerned about and I mentioned defensive tackle and I could say linebacker somebody's got to step up at linebacker don't they yeah I mean I you, you know Walker's going to be in the middle he's your guy you know that uh, Owusu Koromoa is going to be a factor because he's a rookie highly thought of drafted by Andrew Barry he's going to get he's going to get a shot Jacob Phillips drafted by Andrew Barry. And I, I do think this regime has done a really good job of not having our guys and John Dorsey's guys. However, whoever's here has to produce and has to you know, step forward a little bit. So is it gonna be Mac Wilson? Is it gonna be Taki Taki? These, these guys, I won't say they're running out of time because that's not the case yet, but they need to start showing that, all right, look how I've progressed and look how I can help this defense. So I, I would keep, an, uh, out of that entire group, I would keep an eye on Taki Taki. Fair enough. All right, let's switch focus real quickly before we let you go. Um, some NBA talk. So there are some national reports mm-hmm. out of Philadelphia that uh, Ben Simmons not returning the Philadelphia 76ers calls and uh, that he wants out of Philadelphia may be willing to hold out of training camp. Are you buying that? Do you think the Cavs are the Cavs are obviously interested? Is it is Ben Simmons still a possibility to the Cavs? Do you think? That's a that's an interesting question. Here here's the thing, with what Philadelphia was asking for Ben Simmons, according to reports. Now remember, this is all just according to reports, and we're hearing all this stuff. 
I think that price tag is so astronomical that I would say, hey, thank you very much, and I'd hang up. I, I think it's outrageous. If they bring their price tag down, I think that probably opens up a lot of teams. And are the Cavs one of them? I don't know. I, I would I would hope that, that they would check that out. Kobe Altman's pretty thorough, and he's pretty good. And I'm sure that Kobe knows what the price tag is on any guy who might be available in the NBA, and I would assume he knows that on Ben Simmons as well. If I'm Ben Simmons, there's no way I'm I'm holding out a training camp. See, Dave, that's the the whole. I mean, you sign the contract, you're going to get paid a lot of money. <laughs> Show up, all right? They'll, they'll trade you, but you know, why, why would you jeopardize your your cash? And I know this goes back to Baker Mayfield too. Um, sorry. You're playing this not for if you want just wanted to play it for fun, just go play for the Australian national team. You know, go do that. Hang out, you know, that's it. You're you're a pro and you're playing for money. So I would think Simmons would show up. Now, is he on the team next year? That's a good question. And if if not, what do they want in return for him? Um I think those are two separate questions completely. Because if they want what the rumor has been, you know, like Couple of couple of good young players and three to four first round picks. Not interested. No. What are they? I mean, what are they basing that on? I know he was, you know, yeah, the number I one know. I, number one overall pick. I get, but there's a reason you were trying to move him. Well, if, if they're trying to move him, and if the reports are accurate, you know, I, I think yeah, I know he had some shooting issues. We we all saw them. They were on dis, they were on full display. And when he's close to the basket and is afraid to shoot, that's a real issue, and that has to get cleaned up, or or he's got a he's got a bigger issue than, you know, not being happy in Philadelphia. That said, you imagine him as a six eleven guy, one of the best defenders in the NBA, and not having to do all of the ball handling things and playing more of maybe a, a point forward type of of role, along with a traditional point guard. And having a shooting guard next to him, that that to me seems like the perfect role for him. Six eleven point guard is a weird thing. I don't care if you're good at it or not; it's still a weird thing. And so, if if you could slide him to small forward, and at six eleven have a small forward who could handle the ball a little bit for you too, now he'd have to work on the shot. You know, you'd want your small forward to score for you, and that that could be really intriguing. But I don't know if it's intriguing at the price tag that we've read about. Fair enough. Jeff Phelps, uh, 92.3 The Fan, Browns pre, post, and halftime, Browns Radio Network, Bally Sports, Cavs, pre, post, and half. You did a little bit of everything. Jeff, as always, thanks for the time and the insight. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. All right, Jeff Phelps. Uh, we're going to step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, Tim Bielek from The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com will join us. We'll talk some more Browns football. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. Life is getting back on track, and so is the job market. Be ready with the training you'll need to get a great job. If you or your family has experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, try Seek and Help with tuition assistance. Whether you want to improve your skills, get certified, or train for a new career, go to try-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. Register now for online and on-campus classes. Try C is where futures begin. 
The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. Sports for CLE continues. We continue talking Browns football. Uh, Kevin Stefanski talked about uh, the versatility of, uh, of the players and, and particularly of the rookies and rookie cornerback uh, first-round pick, Greg Newsom. He's doing a nice job. I think he's so uh, diligent about his work, understanding his job, understanding his techniques, constantly working on him to fine-tune him. But, yeah, that's part of being a rookie and, and particularly at, at that position where you're going up against some really good players. Some vets have some crafty moves that you're going to see, so it's only going to make him better. He really does seem to have a genuine humility about him, though. How important is that for a rookie who's trying to carve out a spot? Yeah, I think, you know, all these guys are, are different. Um, I've been around many different personalities, so, but I appreciate Greg. He's very authentic, and I think his uh, teammates are enjoying getting to, to know him. Bring in Tim Bielek, Plain Dealer reporter, um, as well as Cleveland.com. And Tim, um, Newsom has has played really well. He's, I, you know, he's right in line um, to get that starting cornerback spot opposite Denzel Ward. I think. Yeah, certainly. I mean, we knew this was going to be the the most important and most uh, watched competition in camp so far. It seems like Newsom's certainly holding his own, and I like what Stefanski said about you know guy coming in humble you know coming into the nfl you know obviously you see first round picks come in all the time you know there's guys that may be coming a little entitled but newsom's coming right away seems like he's put all the work in and now he's really put himself in position to start opposite denzel warden if you have a guy that kind of wins that job by performance between newsom and greedy Williams, rather than just kind of picking a guy because you have to pick a guy if there's a guy that's winning it by because he's performing well. That's obviously the best case scenario. And certainly Newsom, like you said, like Stefanski also said, is getting plenty of good tests in these practices. Going against Jarvis Landry, Donovan Peoples Jones, that's only going to make you better and make your transition to the NFL much smoother. Yeah, the, the other thing, um, so Greg Newsom also spoke to the media today and, and he talked, nothing has really surprised him, but it is different than college football. Yeah, I think I was uh, pretty much prepared. I mean, it's not really surprising that the speed is going to be faster, that the guys are going to be more physical. Um, that's just taking the next step in, you know, the NFL. So nothing was really surprising. It was just good to get out here and compete with the guys. 
Every day out here you get challenged with this receiving core. Just how much better are they making you as a reporter? Oh, 10, 10 times better. I think, you know, we're all making each other better. Um, like they say, iron sharpens iron. So going against these guys every single day is just not only going to make me a better player, but make them better players as well. What do you think of your camp so far? Where do you think you stand before we start playing games? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I've, I think I've been doing good at this camp. Um, as I stand, whether it's regarding the starting or whatever, I don't know. I uh, really don't care. I'm just trying to, you know, get as, as best as I can and help the team any way I can. So, um, you know, I'll let coach come out with the depth chart, whatever he needs me to do. Like I said in previous interviews, that's what I'll be willing to do. And Tim, um, the, the thing about Newsom, a young uh, rookie as well, but you can see the maturity and, and um, you can see why the veterans like him too and have talked about his work ethic. Absolutely. And I think the number one thing players respect and that they want to see when a young player comes into the league is how hard is he going to work? You know, you're like, you know, you can't come into the league, um, you know, after having an amazing college career and expect that that's going to get you anywhere. That's not how this works. It's like going from high school to college. There's a process where no matter how great you are at one level, you have to earn it again at that level. And it seems like Newsom really understands that. And, you know, like I said earlier, when you're going up against quality receivers, you understand that this is a different game. And he obviously mentioned it that this is a game that's much faster than college game. It's much more detail-oriented than the college game. But it seems like he has a really good understanding of that, and he's welcomed the competition of going up against receivers and not really focusing so much on trying to win a job, trying to win a starting job, I should say, just trying to put in as good a work as you can do every day and just letting things fall where they do based on how he performs. It seems like he's really got a good understanding of what he needs to do. He, he has also said that, um, you know, Greedy Williams, along with Troy Hill, have uh, kind of given him, um, you know, tricks of the trade, if you will, and have helped him work. Um, another young guy, um, second-year tight end, Harrison Bryant, talked about how he's kind of picking the minds of veterans to get better at his craft. You know, obviously they've been in the league for a long time, um, had a very successful career so far. Um, I, I think... It's the little things because uh, everyone kind of can watch film or the coach can coaches teach you all the big things, your assignments and stuff. But just the little the little intricacies, the techniques that, you know, they've seen at full speed on certain plays. Um, it's just things like that that they'll, you know, come over and tell you and you try it next time and, and it works. And sometimes it doesn't work for you. It just depends on, um, you know, what kind of player you are. But for the most part, the stuff that they've taught me uh, has helped out a lot. Harrison, along those lines, do you study guys? From other teams, like it's Kelsey now, we'll call him Kelsey. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, George Kittle, Kelsey. Um, watch some of Jared Cook. Um, just just a lot of guys. I try to pick and watch. Uh, you know, I watch a lot of film, so I try to pick a lot from, you know, the guys that have had successful years and just uh, use things that they use and, and try it with my game. And, Tim, that's, uh, again, so what a young player should be doing, especially a guy. And keep in mind, we mentioned earlier in the show, Harrison Bryant, guy that won the Mackey Awards, best tight end in college football, and he's trying to figure out how to transfer that to the NFL game. Yeah, and I think when you when you're a young player coming to the NFL, the best guys you can learn from are the guys that have done it for years. I mean, he's come, he came into a team that's got some good veterans on there with Austin Hooper and David Njoku, guys who have been there before Hooper more so than Njoku because he's been in the league a little longer but 
that's a good mentality to have. And I think learning from your peers certainly seems like it's become more and more of a thing. That's why we've seen stuff like Von Miller's pass rush summit that he's had, or for example, tight end university that happened over the summer. Those things are becoming more commonplace where guys are more, more willing to share the tricks of the trade with each other. And I think, again, you know, young, young players, I think, have to kind of learn how to do things. And it's not only up to coaches kind of teaching things, it's up to veterans to kind of show them the way, show them how to work, show them what things work well at this level to really get them going. And remember Harrison Bryan had a pretty good start to the season as a rookie kind of fell out of the rotation with some fumble issues. But, you know, if you if he can learn from that, if he can really kind of continue to build off what he did a year ago and refine his game a little more, it should help him get some opportunities again this year. Tim Bielek, uh, Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com reporter, and I'm going to step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, more about the tight end room. We'll also hear what Kevin Stefanski thinks about Jarvis Landry's route running. Sports for CLE. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Sports for CLE continues. We continue talking Browns football. Kevin Stefanski talked about the tight end group that the Browns have. They have three guys, in, uh, David Njoku and uh, Harrison Bryant and, uh, and Austin Hooper, and all of them have a little bit different skill set. And uh, Browns are just trying to use them to the best of their abilities. I think, Jeff, what you're trying to do is play everybody to their strengths. We're not at the point of game planning yet and saying, all right, this plays in for this player, this plays in for that player. But ultimately, we'll get there. And understanding what their strengths are and asking a guy to do something that he's good at is part of our job. And, uh, you know, I think we have a year plus with our tight ends, understanding what each one of those guys do. And they complement each other and they and they feed off of each other. They really push each other and compete. So uh, I think that's part of our job. I tell you, Jeff, as you get to game planning to making sure that you're specific about where you're putting each guy. And let's bring team, Tim Bielek back in, uh, Plain Dealer reporter as well as Cleveland.com reporter. And Tim, that's good coaching. You know, don't ask guys to do things they can't do. Find out what their strengths are and maximize them. It's the new school philosophy on coaching. You know, you don't try and take guys to do one thing and make them do another. You maximize what they do well, and then you use that to kind of – hide some of those weaknesses as best you can. And I think we saw that last year a lot from Kevin Stefanski, really trying to get the most out of the guys you have. And that's just smart coaching. That's, you know, trying not to force guys into your system. I mean, we've seen that work try happen so many times where, you know, a player is forced into a system and they're not comfortable and then they're, then they struggle. You make them, you give them a chance to do something that they know how to do well, that they're strong at, and naturally you're just going to have success. And that's, 
when you look at the tight end group, I mean, he said you got three guys to do very different things. You can have them on the field all at the same time. We saw that times last year. There's certainly so much fluidity and, you know, versatility within this tight end group. Um, there's there's so many interesting things that can happen. I'm fascinated to see how these three guys in particular will get deployed throughout the season. So um, one of the things that Jarvis Landry does is, is run, runs routes well. Um, he's recognized as one of the top route runners in the NFL. Here's what Kevin Stefanski said to that. Uh, there's a lot of things. I think, first of all, he's so competitive. And when, when the ball is in the air, he goes and gets it, and just his hands are so strong. I mean, he had a play in, in the stadium the other night. He had a, uh, that I'm th- or other day that I'm thinking about. He had a play over here on a shallow cross where Troy Hill's all over him, and he just snatches that ball. So he's just a very competitive uh, catcher of the football. He has a savviness to him. Uh, he makes very hard cuts can come in out of his breaks, but uh, just that competitive nature, I think, is what really defines him. And the other thing I'd say, Tim, is I think he's an underrated blocker. There are plays where he's blocking almost like a tight end. Yeah, that, that's not surprising how good of a, a blocker he is because it goes back to, again, you know, that competitive streak of Landry that Stefanski was talking about. That's what makes a player obviously want to fight harder to catch the ball or to, you know, make that block. And when it comes to route running, we know Jarvis Landry isn't the, isn't a supreme athlete. Obviously he's still, he's a good athlete, but he doesn't have blazing speed. So you got to find other ways to win as a receiver. And one way he does that obviously is separating on routes. You got to be a technician at that. If you're not the fastest guy in the league. And even if you are, you still got to have that ability to separate Landry does that, and with the competitiveness he has and how strong his hands are, that's how he wins in one-on-one battles, and obviously that's that's crucial because in any pass game, you need guys that are going to get open, and since in situations with blitzes and things like that, you need guys that are just going to get open quickly, and you need guys that a quarterback's going to trust that, you know, even in a one-on-one, you throw the football to him, he's got a good shot to catch it, and the Browns have that in Jarvis Landry, I think. So, uh, Another guy, a young guy, and you had touched on him, Harrison Bryant, had a really up-and-down season. Um, that kind of factors into what his goals are for this year. You know, my goal right now is just to continue to prove daily, uh, make the team and do whatever I can to produce and uh, help the team win and have a successful year. Clear there's good games, bad games. Um, and obviously those good games kind of uh, – you can watch them and they motivate you and you know the level you can play at. But uh, I can think of several games where I had great games, but the goal is always to you know, stay at that medium, never have the drops or the lows or the highs. So um, that's my goal this year is just to consistently produce and uh, do whatever I can to help the team win. So again, consistency is something that you know I'm sure has been preached um, from the coaching staff as well. Need to be consistent, need to know what we're going to get from you. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to get consistency from rookies and things like that, especially tight end where you rarely ever see a guy just go on and absolutely dominate his rookie season. It usually takes those guys another year or two to really kind of find their footing because it is a more physical position than receiver. For example, you got a lot more nuances to handle that position. And we saw plenty of flashes from Brian, particularly against Cincinnati, where he had a couple touchdowns. I know he's had some fumble issues, but He's a guy that right now I think fits in pretty solidly as that third tight end. Maybe he can step up and be a number two in case of injuries. But with the way the tight end room is stacked up right now, he's in a good position where the Browns don't have to force him 
to play in situations he's not comfortable in. You have two veteran guys who have been impact players at times throughout the career. You don't have to force him into a situation that he's not ready for. And that's, I think, an advantage this Browns team has had over past ones is that depth really helps young players develop at their own pace. And certainly Harrison Bryant's no different. Tim Bielek, uh, reporter for The Plain Dealer, as well as Cleveland.com. As always, Tim, appreciate the time and the insight. Thanks very much. You got it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, Tim Bielek, make sure you read them in the pages of The Plain Dealer and on Cleveland.com. That'll do it for this edition of Sports for CLE. We will see you again tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Scheduled guests, Doug Lamarice, columnist from The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com, and Kevin Arnold. That's tomorrow at 4. Have a great night. We will see you again tomorrow on Sports for CLE.